Hi, this is Pavel Rozhov. Thank you for joining me for, uh, well, what I'd like to be um, an episode about genetically modified organisms. The reason I'd like to talk about it, well, it's, um, it's an interesting topic both for a scientist as well as for a layperson because GMOs are always in the news and there's always some kind of controversy surrounding them. So in this short um, monologue, I'd like to uh, discuss um, well, are there any merits to the to the concerns that people have about GMOs? And my own personal opinion, uh, whether or not GMOs are good or bad, and what's going on with all of that. Let's start it. All right, so GMOs are... Basically, I've been in the news for a couple decades now. Uh, and came about as a result of advances in our ability to manipulate DNAs of plants and animals and our understanding of how DNA works really which is in and of itself has has been far longer than any actually approved genetically modified organisms we started manipulating DNA as early as 1960s if not earlier really um, because uh, we sh we faced a shortage of insulin uh, and we switched production of insulin from using animals to using a genetically engineered bacteria. In fact, GMOs, um, all bacteria that are used in research are in some shape or form genetically modified because some of them have antibiotic resistance, some of them are modified to include uh, certain DNAs that code for proteins that we might be interested in producing. So really the tools for production of GMOs that people typically associate with uh, with GMOs as like corn and soybeans and uh, genetically modified salmon they're essentially the same tools that people have been using researchers have been using for many many decades before that so in the essence um, what we're really doing is we're changing the DNA of an organism to either have a new function to change an existing function or to remove something, to remove a function. Classic example um, being, again, bacteria that previously could not produce insulin, but we've introduced a DNA that allowed uh, bacteria to be able to produce uh, this protein uh, using DNA that we've inserted as a blueprint. And this is a pretty common example across majority of uh, GMOs, that that's sort of, sort of the, the basic principle. Now, what's interesting is um, this uh, the idea of introducing a new trait, effectively, um, is not new. I mean, that's the basis, effectively, of any uh, traditional breeding of uh, animals or selection of uh, sort of crops and plants that we've been cultivating for thousands of years. It's just now we have the tools to do it much faster, much more precisely. And uh, that's really the distinction between the traditional methods and uh, the GMOs. So where do people concerns come from when, when we talk about GMOs? Well, actually, GMOs um, are, let's say, have to be a lot more stringently regulated as compared to uh, organisms that are genetically modified that are used in research. The reason being, obviously, the traditional GMOs, like again, soybeans and, uh, and, uh, and peas and 
uh, rice that are kind of very very common uh, that have been approved are actually approved for human consumption so the the the, the bar is set significantly higher for those things so uh, and there's a lot more regulatory scrutiny when it comes to those um, genetically modified organisms and how they're made and what impact they have on the health and safety of, of, of humans and or animals that are consuming those uh, genetically modified organisms or crops. Obviously, health and safety is paramount whenever we consume anything, really, not, not just GMOs. So it, it is very important to have traceability of, um, of how those animals or how those crops were originally produced uh, and so on. So uh, the concerns from, for people really come from two things. They come from, first, in my opinion, um, uh, not enough awareness about what was actually changed and sort of this kind of scaremongering of, oh, this was changed, therefore it's bad. And the second is, is I guess, rumblings about uh, side effects of consuming GMOs. So let's uh, break those two things down. Just general concerns about not knowing what this is and then the, the rumors slash some facts and all that stuff about uh, side effects. So obviously um, the general scaremongering and unawareness about GMOs comes from the fact that genuinely it is actually quite difficult to explain to a person without a proper biological education how those organisms came to be, how we, we made them, how did we imbue them with properties that we wanted them to, like pesticide resistance, for example, or an ability to grow twice as fast, like in the case of genetically modified salmon. And uh, because those tools are quite sophisticated and require uh, solid understanding of the way our cells work, how DNA works, how we manipulate DNA, how we test for the quality of the DNA changes that we introduce and so on. So it's actually very complicated science that goes into these manipula uh, manipulations and, uh, and traceability of the changes that we introduce. So to explain that to a regular person requires significant effort. And obviously, as a regular person, I don't imagine or expect anyone to be um, versed or have enough uh, desire to get into the you know really strong debates and really strong um, you know time taking that much time to understand how those things work so general misunderstanding of the complexity um, and actual transparency really on the other side of it uh, of the changes that are being introduced uh, leads to um, really skepticism uh, from from a lot of the people about uh, the use of GMOs. Again, as a scientist myself, I know the kind of uh, tools that are used to make DMO, uh, GMOs. I know the kind of tools to check if the changes to the DNA are valid, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and how to make sure, how to minimize the effect of the, 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 the tools that we use and the changes that we introduce on the... Um, uh, on the organisms themselves as well as downstream. So there's a lot of science behind that, but it is understandable why that science is just not being conveyed in a manner that would alleviate some of those concerns. So from that point of view, I completely understand that people have skepticism, people have concerns, but honestly, this all comes from the fact that the science is not being communicated properly, which um, 
in a lot of those uh, cases, not just GMOs, but other things. Uh, it, it's hard to communicate that, but ultimately it is from, from the side of things as a scientist, I do understand how it works. To me, it makes perfect sense. And my questions about how those things are produced, how those GMOs and crops and salmons and animals, all that stuff, how that's produced and traced makes perfect sense. If anything, I would argue uh, for certain cases, once you start reading into how those things are um, manufactured, crops and animals and whatnot, you really uh, get a much, you get a lot of answers to the, to your questions. So case in point, I read a, um, uh, a report uh, by the company that makes uh, genetically modified salmon. Uh, I'm not affiliated with them in any way, so uh, I had a lot of questions as a scientist. How did they verify this the salmon and how did they make it? How does it differentiate from the regular salmon and so on and so forth? And that report, which is about 160 pages, kind of been supplied to the FDA and is publicly available. You can read it if, if you'd like. Des describes all those things in much, much detail. And that was actually fascinating read because it was written to the highest standard that I can think of as far as uh, the quality of the science inside that report. So that answered a lot of my questions. But I, I do not expect this report to be to make much sense to a person who is not versed in the tools and in the science of making genetically modified organisms. So we understand the skepticism comes from really not understanding how GMOs work or uh, maybe some of that information is getting lost or lost in translation, if you will. So science communication is a real problem when it comes to GMOs. But what about the reports and, and some news articles about the, uh, the effects of consumption of, of those, let's say, GM, uh, genetically modified crops? On, um, on either the animals that are eating them or on the humans. So what is, is there any merit to those kinds of reports? Well, first of all, I think there, um, let's start there. You can read a lot of things on the internet and that might sound a bit dismissive to uh, some of those fa facts and reports, but here's how I would break it down. And this comes from, um, you know, my scientific understanding of how GMOs work, but also as a regular person with their own concerns and skepticism. So um, the science behind GMOs is sound. Nobody really is from a scientific community should really question that. But what it comes down to is not just the science being sound, but how the science is being validated, traced and regulated. Now, those three things are critical for um, for ensuring that the product meets the, the expectations of the consumers, meets the expectations of the regulatory body, and meets the expectations of the producer. So those um, all of those things have to come together to create a safe product that everybody is on the same page how it works, what it should do, if there is any side effects, and all those things. So as far as the reports of occasional maybe side effects or, or whatever, all of this comes down to individual manufacturers of those crops, of those, of those modified organisms, and they have to be disclosed, they have to be discussed in a transparent manner. That's the only way to ensure the adoption of uh, GMOs uh, going forward. And one interesting thing is the regulatory aspect of regulating how GMOs are made, how they 
uh, how are they uh, analyzed, traced, and so on, is an evolving thing. So even though we know the science, the regulatory standards do evolve, over, especially over the last couple decades, and uh, maybe some of the reports that are still kind of circulating and, he and hearsay about these possible side effects of GMOs are as a result of uh, looser standards from back in the day. Again, using the salmon as an example, I believe that I trust how this salmon is produced more than the salmon that I buy in a store because I have no idea how it's actually made. But because I found this information about how this particular genetically modified salmon is produced, it gives me confidence that I know that a lot of regulatory burden has been met. It gives me confidence that it's safe for human consumption. Not only that, but also um, uh, I, I, I believe that as time goes on, there will be even higher uh, bar that needs to be met before this enters our supermarkets and so on. So where does this all uh, leave us in at this point in time? I mean, uh, are there going to be more GMOs? Should we still be concerned about them? What's 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 the deal? So in my opinion, I think there's going to be more GMOs entering the market, and the reason being, the science is getting better. That's number one. The regulatory approval is as stringent as ever, and it's just going to continue to be uh, very very vigilant. And third, there's a lot of reasons to make GMO products. And uh, that's why there is a huge push to do that. And those reasons are economic, those reasons are environmental, and uh, those reasons are, well, financial, right? So kind of, let's break it down. Economically speaking, you can produce a lot more GMOs. That's kind of one of the reasons they, are, they exist in the first place is because they typically solve a particular problem in manufacturing a plant or an animal or whatever. It reduces the cost to make something. So from that point of view, it allows to uh, you know, get a better return on investment for the, for the uh, manufacturer, but also uh, give, it, give access to the same food supply to more people, for example, right? Uh, environmentally, actually, uh, for example, in the case of that salmon, I, I, I researched that, in fact, it's more better for the climate to produce this kind of uh, genetically modified salmon as compared to uh, catching wild salmon because it's uh, it's more local you don't need to uh, spend um, um, money on the fuel to transport the salmon across uh, you know across continents or whatever so there and I assume for uh, for a number of those GMOs there is a lot of environmental reasons to produce produce them because it um, it just decreases the costs it decreases the impact on the environment so there's a lot of reasons why GMOs are just gonna keep uh, getting further and further along and we as public we need to be more educated about what's going on and what what kind of science is used to make GMOs and uh, on the side of regulatory and the manufacturers they need to be very clear what the expectations are uh, for uh, for safety for con human consumption they need to really make that our understanding of what has been done to those animals or crops uh, as transparent as possible and really keep pushing to um, uh, work to establish more and more trust between the, the public and themselves. So the adoption of genetically modified organisms is going to be more and more and more. Again, from the scientific point of view, I know how they're made, uh, but as a 
person, as a member of the community, I'd like other people who are not scientists to be to have access to enough information to make an educated decision for themselves whether or not they would like to consume this or not. So this was a small uh, monologue about my thoughts on the genetically modified organisms, what I think about um, their history, the people's concerns about them, and so on. And ultimately my opinion whether or not there's going to be more GMOs and what the public and the regulatory body and the manufacturers can do to um, in going sort of going forward in the future. Thank you very much for listening. I look forward to uh, to doing more of these uh, sh small monologues about certain topics that I think are resonant with a lot of people. Thank you so much for your attention. I'll see you in the next one. Bye bye.